This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, Alberta has seen deaths from drug overdoses climb higher than ever before. That culminated in a record year in 2021 with more than 1,700 deaths. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Edmonton Journal reporter Anna Yonker joins me to discuss Alberta's grim milestone, what's driving these deaths, and what advocates want to see from the provincial government. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. Anna, Alberta, like many provinces, has seen a sharp rise in overdose deaths in recent years, and they reached tragic new highs in 2021. We'd been waiting some time for year-end numbers to arrive from the province, so where did Alberta finish at last year? Late last Thursday, that would have been March 17th, the government updated its substance use surveillance system dashboard, and it showed 176 Albertans died in November and in December which is the highest monthly total ever recorded. And then overall in 2021, 1,758 Albertans died, which is also the highest number ever recorded. Even though it was, you know, a record year, so obviously higher than previous years, but how does that compare in terms of what kind of jumps we're seeing? You know, like what was it five years ago, two years ago, even the previous year? For comparison, you know, in 2019, we had just 800 deaths. And then in 2020, it jumped quite a lot to 1,538 deaths. So with 2021's total of more than 1,700, that's an increase of 29.4% from 2020. So it's quite the big increase. In Alberta, just like everywhere else, we've gone through two full years of a COVID-19 pandemic. It's wreaking its own havoc with the healthcare system and causing thousands of deaths. How do Alberta's deaths from drug toxicity compare to deaths from COVID-19? Between 2020 and 2021, 3,116 Albertans died of a drug poisoning. And the year-to-date death toll of COVID-19 in Alberta is 4,023 deaths. Mm -hmm. So those rates are, you know, pretty close. But added together over the past two years, more than 7,000 Albertans have died from drug poisonings and Mm COVID-19. And to also put that into perspective, you know, since the province began tracking drug poisoning deaths in 2016, 6,418 Albertans have died. You know, as we talk about these deaths, we're talking about thousands of families who were suffering heartbreaking loss. And these are families that cut across wide swaths of society, as you discovered when you were doing the reporting for your series for the Edmonton Journal called Toxicity. 
What do we know about the victims of this crisis? You know, drug poisonings don't discriminate. From the data we have available from the substance use surveillance system, we know that a higher proportion of deaths are males compared to females. The age group that we're seeing the highest number of deaths in is 30 to 40-year-olds. Mm -hmm. But there's also deaths recorded as young as between 0 and 4 years and as old as people in their 80s. And that's, you know, that's something I've also heard from first responders as well. It crosses every age group and every demographic. Some of the families you talked to for this piece, you know, talked about young, vibrant lives, right? You know, there was one mother who talked about her 17-year-old son. I'm just curious, out of all of this, where are these deaths occurring? People may have a, a stereotypical view of a drug user who may be shooting up in a shooting gallery, who may be at a safe consumption site, you know, even out on the street. Do we know where the bulk of these deaths are recurring or is it in people's homes? Is it on the street? And what about places like rehab? Are we seeing people in, in detox facilities who are dying of overdoses as well? They are happening everywhere across the city, you know, in, in neighborhoods, in the suburbs, right? And in the downtown city center. What's interesting too is a few years ago, the province stopped publicly reporting neighborhood-specific data. So in late 2020, I believe they they stopped doing that. So we haven't had that data available. But, you know, I spoke to Crystal Trongchuk, and she lives in southwest Edmonton. So, you know, middle of the suburbs, right? And her son, Zachary, died in 2017 of an overdose. He didn't respond to multiple texts or calls, so she decided to drive over to his place, which was just 10 minutes from her own home, and she found him dead. Hmm. Another parent I spoke with, Raymond Corbier, his son Joshua died less than 24 hours after entering the Thorpe Recovery Center, and it was his second time there, and he, he had overdosed. So it's definitely not just on the streets. It's in people's homes. It's in people's apartments. It's in recovery centers. What are we talking about when we're talking about fatal overdoses? Are we talking about these really scary drugs that you hear about in the headlines of news stories like fentanyl and carfentanyl, which are much, much, much more powerful than morphine and, and heroin? And if we're talking about these drugs, are these drugs that users are purposefully seeking out and buying or are people overdosing, assuming they're getting something else? and winding up with something that's far more deadly. Fentanyl has played a huge role in this, but with the families I spoke with, it came up again and again that their loved one believed they were purchasing, you know, meth or heroin, but it turned out it was laced with fentanyl. And when I've been talking to first responders, what's coming up more and more is the drugs also being laced with benzodiazepines and even anti-diabetic medication, which can be very dangerous because it then slows the heart rate and rendering these folks unconscious. So it just creates a whole slew of problems of trying to to revive them because the naloxone that is used against a, an overdose won't respond as quickly or as appropriately when it's laced with something that is slowing the heart rate like that. Mm -hmm. In Alberta, we don't have any official program where users can go and test their drugs to see what they may be laced with. So too often, right, they believe they have purchased one thing and it's completely laced with, with another thing. And that's why we hear so often from folks about this toxic drug supply that's fueling the overdoses. And you mentioned as part of this reporting, you'd spent time with first responders. You know, they're seeing a lot of 
benzodiazepine and diabetic medications. But what are they seeing on the streets? Are they seeing more people who are overdosing kind of in broad daylight? Are they, are they happening upon these scenes more frequently? What's the situation for them on the street? Yeah, so like I said, you know, they're coming across people of all demographics, right? And and one paramedic, Tracy Griffin, she mentioned how she might attend an overdose at a at a shelter, and then the next call is an overdose in a penthouse. Last summer, there was a huge uptick in, in overdose calls in Edmonton. More often than not, EMS would be attending multiple overdoses at the same time in the same area. So they might go to a park, and there's five different people all experiencing an overdose. And, you know, that indicates to them that they may have all taken the same bad batch. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know, in addition to paramedics, there are also groups who are out boots on the ground trying to help people. What role are they playing? Is it awareness? Is it to help people understand that they could be buying something that could ultimately kill them? Are they out trying to help reverse overdoses with their own naloxone kits? What role do some of these nonprofit groups play in the community? You'll read a lot about this in part two coming out this week. I focused on the organization Boots on Ground. And so they formed in response to the spike in overdoses. And, you know, as their name suggests, to get boots on ground to try and help people in need. So what they do is they go out on the city streets and, you know, the transit pedways. They hand out snacks, which helps improve blood sugar for somebody experiencing an overdose or withdrawal. And they also hand out water and save supplies like needles and pipes and naloxone kits. And then also they will attend overdoses and provide help before EMS arrives. So they will administer naloxone and keep track of somebody's heart rate and basically provide you know, medical care to somebody until they can be transferred over to EMS. Mm-hmm. So they are the ones on the ground trying to help the folks in, in Edmonton's inner city. Yeah. And then another organization I spoke to is Each and Every, which is different because they're a business collective and they formed just trying to get businesses involved and they do a lot of advocacy work. But business is part of Each and Every have naloxone kits on hand. So if somebody went to their location, you know, they have stickers out front identifying they have naloxone kits so somebody can grab a naloxone kit from there. Or if a passerby sees somebody experiencing an overdose, they then can go to that business and get help because people are also trained to use naloxone kits there. So there's lots of things going on, you know, organizations popping up that are really trying to do their part and try and help in a small way. Ultimately, something like this, it's a public health crisis. I mean, it's been called that in other provinces. It's not hard to argue that Alberta is going through something similar right now. So that comes down to government policy. The Alberta government has focused a lot since the UCP was elected in 2019 on treatment beds, 
I know it was one piece of the four pillars that a lot of people felt Alberta was lagging in was access to treatment beds, spaces for people who wanted help. But there are other pieces of government policy at play. What is it that families you spoke with and advocates you spoke with want to see the government do? There were two major themes that appeared from the families. And, you know, one was having more safe consumption sites across cities and across the province. So safe consumption sites are where people can go and safely use the drugs that they have. And there has been no overdose death at a safe consumption site in Alberta. So it just goes to show that, you know, those places keep people alive, right? Mm -hmm. Another area that uh, the families are looking at is, you know, a safe supply of drugs. So users have a different option to the toxic illicit supply. And I believe it was Faye Gray, whose daughter Lindsay overdosed. She thought she was taking meth and it turned out to be fentanyl. And Faye said, you know, I believe if fentanyl wouldn't have been around... Lindsay would still be alive. Mm -hmm. Those are the two definitely major issues that they would like to see from the government. The government is studying safe supply, correct? There is a committee right now that's looking at it, although I get the sense that there's been some criticism of how that is being conducted. What is the status of the province's safe supply committee? For the last few weeks, I would say the province has been hearing from stakeholders about safe supply and getting input from a wide variety of folks. You know, they've heard from researchers. You know, one of the big names they've been touting a lot is Dr. Keith Humphreys, who worked in the George W. Bush and Barack Obama administrations. So that's kind of one of the names they've been highlighting. And they also spoke to Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee about his opinion on safe supply as a representative of the uh, Alberta Association of Chiefs of Police. But, you know, there is controversy, as you mentioned, with this committee. The NDP MLAs uh, resigned from the committee because they said that they believe, you know, it's rigged. It has a predetermined outcome. And that outcome is that safe supply will not be implemented. The committee did hear from the Alberta Medical Association section of addiction medicine, and they recommended that the province do a pilot program of safe supply so they could get an understanding of what the context is like here in Alberta and how to address the Alberta-specific issues that we have here. The safe supply committee uh, must report to the Legislative Assembly with a report of recommendations by April 30th. So that'll be interesting if and when that is released publicly. As far as supervised consumption sites go, there's been controversy around those. If you look at the, the one in Calgary, the residents nearby feel it's brought uh, more social disorder to the area. And there was the one in, in Lethbridge that was shut down. What is the status of other programs? Are, are there plans to expand or move any sites or expand locations of these sites? I would personally call this status fluid. You know, Edmonton had three supervised consumption sites, but the province closed the Boyle Street site, but expanded the hours at the George Spady site. Mm -hmm. But there was no actual expansion of spaces at the George Spady. But the province is looking at opening an overdose prevention site in South Edmonton. And it has a little bit more provincial jurisdiction than a supervised consumption site might. So they are slightly different. And then in Calgary, the province plans to close their currently only safe consumption site 
and replaced it with two smaller overdose prevention sites. And then, yeah, like you mentioned, in Lethbridge, the province shut down Arches. That was their safe consumption site, and it was replaced by an overdose prevention site. But, you know, it's also interesting to note that Lethbridge consistently has the highest death rates in the province. So the provincial average last year for death rates per 100,000 people was 38.9, but in Lethbridge, the rate was 68.9. One thing I'm curious about, this has obviously been going on in Alberta for a number of years, in, in Edmonton for a number of years. I was just reading, I believe it was a story six years ago this morning about the push to bring supervised consumption sites to Edmonton. What was driving the reporting that you're doing now? What what was the motivation behind the work you're doing? And you're working on this multi-part series right now, but I believe ultimately you want to explore the issue more broadly and, and an ongoing basis. What is the driving factor in some of this work for you? You know, I think the pandemic actually had played a role in this, you know, because with our pandemic reporting, every day we'd be reporting the deaths from the pandemic and doing pandemic related stories and talking to people affected by it and people who have lost loved ones. Right. And we've heard, and I've heard time and time again, that this is another pandemic, right? The drug poisoning deaths, and it's been happening even longer than COVID-19, but there's not the same sense of emergency with the drug poisoning deaths as there has been with COVID-19. And obviously, you know, COVID-19 was a worldwide pandemic, but these are still people who are losing their lives that don't need to, right? And and I mm-hmm. think it's important that we highlight these stories, highlight, you know, the people affected by this and, and the people that are trying to create change and ultimately save lives. Well, it is a definitely important series. It's an important issue that Alberta has been talking about for a number of years. For people interested, they can check out Toxicity at edmontonjournal.com. Anna, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. More from Anna Yonker and the rest of the Toxicity feature at EdmontonJournal.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.